shit, hit the wrong button. Uh, good evening, ghouls and fiends. Welcome once again to the Ministry of Horror. I'm your host as always, Tez. And uh, yeah, I, I've got way too many um, what, what are called scenes in my streaming software. So uh, yeah, you got a little random blur of uh, <laughs> our featured presentation music, which you wouldn't normally hear till much later on in the show. I uh, hope everyone is having a good good evening had a good start to their week so far um first off before we kind of get into the show get into a little preambles and all that stuff uh i want to kind of give a big shout out a big thanks to um everyone that has uh, been watching the live streams over the last couple of weeks um and really also to our new subscribers um we've kind of been pushing really to hit that 1000 on the mos network um and the last few days man the number i think the last time i looked the number was over 900 maybe 910 920 really insane really insane um and uh yeah the chat is starting to pop off i can see we've got fran cannon we've got voodoo vegas just lawrence uh baby ice great start finn Balor is heel again now i'll i'll uh i won't say much wrestling wise because got that all on sunday <laughs> i did see the video though that Judge, the, the Judgment Day have turned on Edge and Finn Balor. And it, it's one of the things that we mentioned. Again, try, God, keep a very limited wrestling talk. One of the things that I said was I hate it when someone's getting beaten up or in fights with a group week after week and then they join them. It's exactly what's happened, isn't it? Uh, hey, Gruff, welcome to the welcome to the show. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I'll say wrestling-wise, but I don't know. I mean, Finn Balor being a heel is cool. Faction storylines in the Fed. Oh goddamn! Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a good week, good good week for horror. Um, in terms of me me getting a chance to watch some horror, um, you may notice I've not got my big old headphones on because I've had AirPods for a little while, and I thought let's let's just try using them. Let's just try using them so I don't get like all 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 crazy crazy ears. And you may also notice if you're watching the live stream. Apologies if you're listening to some podcast. Man's got his hair did today. Finally, finally, it was going a bit crazy. Got a got a snip. The guy went pretty, <laughs> pretty short compared to what I normally have, but that should do me for a, a good two months. Um, hey, Jello Ray, welcome to the stream. Uh, the Gruff says, "Did you see the trailer for Resident Evil Four remake? Looks like I need to get a PS Five now." I did see the trailer. Um, Resi Four is a similar game. Oh, it's a lot better than Code Veronica, but um, it's a game where I bought a copy of it. I had it when it came out. Never finished it because there's not that many games that I do finish. Um, but I bought a copy on PS4, PS5, the PSN store a year or so ago. And the tank controls on it aren't as bad as like Resident Evil Code Veronica, which I barely lasted 20 minutes playing recently. Uh, but they are still... They, they were still pretty tanky um so i'm looking forward to uh to playing it in the new style of like resi you know resident evil 2 and 3 to a degree you know their updated engine uh it can only be it can only be great uh baby also says uh saw the new trailer for prey the predator prequel i'm not seeing the trailer yet i'm, I'm aware it's dropped i've not watched it just yet um yeah, so it's been a it's been a good week for horror. Um, as I kind of mentioned on the MOS, uh, my my gym has got a new bit of equipment. It is insane. Uh, I know this isn't the Ministry of Gym, <laughs> um, but they got this bit of equipment which is uh, it has three different positions. It's a seated seated machine, but you have position one, 
you get a good chest press, and it's a really good chest press. Move to position two, you get a nice upper incline. And then position three is a shoulder press. Um, really good, really, really decent. I normally kind of prefer free weights, but um, yeah, really good. Really enjoyed it. But enough of that. Um, uh, oh, I suddenly saw what's this. The Gruff in the chat says, yes, Resident Evil trailer looks rubbish. Oh, it must be the new series. Not seen that yet. I did see that that's popped up, but today's one of my office days. And do you know what? So I, I, I'm, I'm about an hour and a half away from my office. and I've moaned about it all the time, but that's my own choice moving out this way. But prices have skyrocketed in the last few months for fuel and, uh, you know, cost of living and all that malarkey anyway. Getting sidetracked. Um, so, yeah, on Tuesdays, I generally am up at the crack of dawn. Don't really get a chance to crack on to, to YouTube. I mean, I... I did some preparation for the show yesterday, um, and com it completely skipped my mind to uh, prepare the the stream, prepare the stream for it. Normally, do that a day or so in advance, and to create a thumbnail. So, you know, thank you to Lawrence. Uh, you know, uh, he stepped in for me and um, put that together. So, funnily enough, today was one of those days when I got back at a reasonable-ish time. Didn't have to super rush around. Um, the gruff don't 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 need to apologise at all. Asking stuff already. Horror-related stuff. Um, I have more to say about horror-related stuff than wrestling. To be honest, that's why we have the chat. Put anything you want in the chat. I will try and uh, dip in and out. Um, but if there's something you kind of want pertinent to ask, maybe put like something like Ask MOH or something, or something all capitals to grab my attention. I mean, I've got it on my two screens now, so you can see the live chat on the stream. Thanks again to, to Lawrence for, for sorting that out. Um... Baby Ice says, speaking of horror, The Boys Season 3 so far more gruesome than past two seasons. The Boys is a series that I, I did enjoy the first season. I eventually got around to starting the second season. I've just found it one of those shows where it's it's good, but I don't find it bingeable. You know, it's not like Stranger Things where I'm just like, I've got to watch another one. I've got to watch another episode. You know, it's good, but I just haven't found it's grabbed my attention uh, like some other things. Um... Fran Cannon, um, how is it so hard to just adapt the games as either a movie series of each game as a season of TV? Yeah, you'd think, you'd think that they've got enough material per game, but <laughs> apparently not. Um, let's jump in to some of the latest horror news. I've got a few few bits to go through. Um, it's quite a few bits of news this week, but a lot of it I thought hasn't really been that massively interesting. But this one is quite a big bit of news. Uh, Nev Campbell has confirmed that she won't return for Scream 6 with an official statement. Um, so this comes, all this news comes from bloodydisgusting.com, but I always feel I should, you know, you should uh, reference your sources. Um, so they say that uh, it's now been made official. Campbell has now made an official statement. She has said, sadly, I won't be making the next Scream film. Um, as a woman, I've had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. Ooh, it's been a very difficult decision to move on. To all my Scream fans, I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive to me. I'm forever grateful to you and to what this franchise has given me over the past 25 years, adds Campbell. This makes Scream 6 the very first film in the franchise to not feature franchise heroine Sydney Prescott. The new sequel brings Ghostface back to theatres March 31st, 2023. Uh, the official plot description reads, The Scream saga continues with the four survivors of the Ghostface killings as they leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter. Uh, Melissa Barrera, Jasmine Savoy-Brown, 
Mason Gooding and Jenna Ortega are all confirmed to return in the next instalment of the Spyglass Media and Paramount Pictures Scream franchise, alongside Hayden Panettiere, who's returning from Scream 4 and her character Kirby. Um, Just last week, Dermot Mulroney became the latest to sign on. Um, At the helm of the brand new sequel is Radio Silence's Matt um, Bettinelli-Olpin and Tyler Gillett, who both did Scream Ready or Not, with James Vanderbilt, who also did Scream and Murder Mystery, and Guy Busick, who also did Scream Ready or Not, co-writing the screenplay. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's big news. Nev Campbell's been part of the franchise from day dot. Um, But if you've seen Scream 5, I don't know if you'll agree with me or not on this, her character was kind of redundant. Um, And by that I mean she's... Is she in it for 15 minutes, maybe? Um, Not... It's kind of spoiler. I'll say spoiler alert if you, you know, I'll give a thumbs up if you're watching live on stream or, you know, pause the audio for 10 seconds. But she really only appears to be told about what's happening and then turn up at the end to kind of save the day or be part of the almost like a rescue operation. Um, So really, and I mean, Scream 4, I do, I'll admit, I find Scream 4 quite forgettable. I don't think it's a bad film, but I just never really remember what was going on in the film. Um... And so by by the time of Screen 5, it kind of felt to me that her character was kind of treated as, like, fan service to a degree. Um, I don't necessarily think that was right, but I think it was also kind of saying, like, this no longer is direct. They're not directly attacking Sydney anymore. There's a connection, of course, with, with the characters involved, but it felt like because she wasn't living there anymore and she'd got her, her life on track, that then kind of dragging her back into it was a bit... I don't know. I, I did enjoy Scream 5, though, I will I will say. But, um, yeah, bit of an odd one. Bit of an odd one. So she won't be back for Scream 6. Um, uh, it didn't mention Courtney Cox in, in that, in terms of uh, confirmed to return. Um... We shall see. We shall see. But moving on to the news, uh, Rob Zombie's The Monsters teaser trailer arrives tomorrow, June the 8th. Um, Rob Zombie's been promising big news on The Monsters this week, and today he's taken to Instagram to let us know that the film's teaser trailer is on the way this week. The Monsters teaser trailer debuts tomorrow. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips is playing Herman Munster, and Sherry Moon Zombie, <laughs> if you're listening to the audio on the podcast, I did an eye roll. Uh, is playing Lily Munster in Zombies Movie, with Daniel Roebuck co-starring as Grandpa Munster. Richard Brake, of uh, 31, Three from Hell, is playing Dr. Henry Augustus Wolfgang. Catherine Schnell, from Space 1999, The Return of the Pink Panther, is playing Zoya Krupp, the Gypsy Queen. Dee Wallace, Cassandra Elvira Peterson, and George Garcia will also star. Um... So the monsters, I vaguely remember the series on TV growing up. Um, yeah, Dragula. That's my that's a classic Rob Zombie song, and also obviously from the monsters. Uh, but Rob Zombie's directing. I mean, I think he he has already confirmed that this isn't going to be R-rated. I think he said it's going to be PG thirteen. Because myself and I guess quite a few people um, were initially kind of nervous with Rob Zombie being behind uh, the Monsters reboot. Kind of thinking, is everything going to be effing and jeffing and C-bombs? Um, you know, because, uh, oh, hey Meryl. Hey Meryl, welcome to the chat. 
Um, because the, I like the look of his films. I do. I've said it before on the show. I think he is a, a good director, but I don't think he's a good writer, or at least he can't. Well, yeah, I don't think he's a good writer. And the dialogue is always, everyone's a dirty redneck. Um, I don't think that's me generalising. That's just how they're kind of written. And uh, you don't really ever have protagonists. You don't really ever have anyone to kind of get behind. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try and hold uh, any pre-objections. Because the monsters, isn't, the monsters isn't like a franchise that I have strong feelings about. You know, I remember seeing it on TV as a kid. That's kind of about it. Um, Baby Ice, give Meryl a horror quiz. Uh, we could do that. Meryl, let me know if you want to come on the show to do a horror quiz. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, the, the trailer will be out tomorrow. I will, if I see it, I'll pop it in like the Discord or uh, the Twitter at Ministry underscore horror. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there's not really much that I can kind of share in the chat because he hasn't really put much online. But new trailer coming for the Monsters tomorrow. Moving on now, this I will drop in the chat. This I will drop in the chat. My boy, one of my heroes. Um, his early stuff, I was, it, was, it was kind of a film hero, the latter stuff. Maybe not so much, but there's a new horror film coming out called She Will. And Dario Argenta, or Argento, I should say, um, is a producer on this uh, bewitching new horror movie that also stars Alice Krieg. Craig, I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, the directorial debut of Charlotte Colbert, IFC Midnight and Shudders, She Will, is being presented by producer Dario Argento. The official trailer has arrived. It stars Alice Craig of Gretel and Hansel. She Will comes to select theatres and digital on July 15th, 2022. The trailer is sure to grab your attention. Find it below along with new art. Uh, Megan Navarro has reviewed the film, writing that She Will casts a beguiling spell of retribution. Further noting that those that don't mind a horror-adjacent, artful take on witchcraft will find themselves in for a breathtaking visual feast set deep within the Highlands. As the directorial debut of Charlotte Colbert, Colbert, I don't know how you pronounce people's names, and stars Alice Krieg, who played the witch in Osgood... Oh my god, I can't read. Osgood Perkins, Gretel and Hansel for Orion Pictures. As Veronica Gett who, after a double mastectomy, goes to a healing retreat in rural Scotland with her young nurse, Desi, played by Cota Eberhardt. There she discovers that the process of such surgery opens up questions about her very existence, leading her to start to question and confront past traumas. Um, Edhart appeared in X-Men Dark Phoenix and co-stars alongside Malcolm McDowell uh, from A Clockwork Orange and Rob Zombie's Halloween. I'm gonna say I don't, I don't really like. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a very good actor. Very controversial because I know Clockwork Orange is classic, but I can't really say I've seen a Malcolm McDowell film where I thought he's really good. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. I'm throwing, I'm throwing shade onto that show. Uh, it also has Rupert Everett from Dark City, which is awesome, and Happy Prince, John McCrea of Cruella, and Amy Manson of The Nevers. Um, the story of She Will has themes um, I've always been interested in within my practice and within my life, director Colbert told Variety in the initial announcement. How trauma blurs our experience of reality and time, how nature holds so much solace, how we all carry within us the muscle memory of those who came before and those who will come after, how the infinitely small, like a cell, contains the same patterns as the universe. 
Um, it it kind of goes on from there, but I would say check the trailer out. It looks interesting. Um, definitely. Uh, oh, baby ice in the chat. Yes, wasn't she the boar queen too? Yes, I've got very limited knowledge when it comes to Star Trek. I'd say Star Wars then get get a lot of abuse. Uh, but yeah, she was the uh, the boar queen in First Contact. I want to say because that is one of the films that I have seen. Um. But yeah, and Dario Argento. I mean, his early films are incredible. His later films from the 90s to, to kind of current have not been very good that I've seen. I haven't seen all of them. Um, but he has got a Giallo, a new Giallo coming out soon. Apparently the, the buzz, the opening initial buzz is that it's a return to form. Um, so, I mean, he's producing this. Looking good. It's looking good. Uh, and then moving on to the last little bit of news um, for gamers. Blooper Team seemingly teased new Layers of Theme game with cryptic image. Uh, ignoring that rumor for a moment, Blooper Team has released teaser artwork for their upcoming project, which is heavily implied to be a new entry in the Lay Layers of Fear series. The email accompanying the image reads, Reach beneath the surface and uncover the source of your fears. Taking a look at the image, it doesn't take a stretch of the imagination to see that this new project will be a new Layers of Fear game, which was actually teased back in September. In case you had any doubts, the official Layer of Fear, Layers of Fear Twitter account posted the same image and phrase from the email. Uh, I'll drop the link in chat if you wish to have a little look-see. Um, I have played the first Layers of Fear, and I have got the second Layers of Fear. I haven't played it yet, but the first one I really enjoyed... Very creepy. It's essentially a horror walking sim. Uh, walking sim being you're not directly, you know, you're not attacking. You're not. You're you're kind of along for the journey. Um, but yeah, I mean, I need to play the second one. I've heard the second one is still very good. Um, so I'm I'm always down for new horror games. Um, let's have a quick look at the chat before we move on to our reviews. Um, so what we got? Uh, da -da -da. Keith O'Toole, welcome to the stream. I know it's not a movie-related question, but did you know Rob Zombie wrote Edge's old WWE theme, Never Gonna Stop, in 2002? Yes, I did, Keith O'Toole. That was from the album The Sinister Urge, Rob Zombie's second one, which, while not as good as um, Hellbelly Deluxe, it did have some bangers on it, Never Gonna Stop, um, Feel So Good, which I think was also maybe a pay-per-view theme. Um, there's a few other ones that are quite good on that album, but yeah, I, I really like uh, I like Rob Zombie's music. His albums ebb and flow between really good bangers and more forgettable ones. Um, if you ever don't haven't really listened to much Rob Zombie, I'd say a good accessibility point, depending on how into metal music you are, is the cover from uh, I can't remember which album it was. His albums have got really long titles, and I never remember them. But I did a cover of uh, We're an American Band. And also on that album has got um, Dead City Radio. So two really good, more radio-accessible, uh, heavy sort of songs. But if you're into your heavy stuff, you're into your industrial stuff, and you don't know Rob Zombie, I'd implore you to check out White Zombie. They did two... They did quite a few like, albums, that were, you know, but they did two major label albums that were really, really, really good. So um, maybe we'll have the Ministry of Metal. I don't know. I love heavy metal as well. But I, I do find that metal music and horror kind of go hand in hand. Uh, let's also check out on the chat. So, do do the gruff. Anyone else watch the Korean Netflix show All of Us Are Dead? They announced a second season. First was so good. We watched it on a random pick and ended up being glued to it. I haven't yet, gruff. Um, I'm 
Still haven't finished Squid Game. I'm really bad. I'm really bad. Uh, Baby Ice. I think Baby Ice disagrees with my Malcolm McDowell access, um, assessment. Time After Time, Class of 1999, Blue Thunder, McDowell Rules. I'll be honest, I've not seen any of those films. I Maybe that will change my opinion. Uh, welcome to the stream, King of um, Huacamundo. Um, Fran Akan says, The Quarry is released this Friday. I'm, I'm intrigued by The Quarry. I'm not intrigued by its full price label. I'm not saying it shouldn't be full price, but I don't like spending sixty plus pounds on a game, so I will wait till it's inevitably on sale. But um, it does look very good. Sorry, quick swig of water. All this talking just dries my throat. Um, Baby Ice says Mars needs women. That's a great. That's a great zombie song. King of Wakamundo. The new season of Stranger Things is a ripoff of the clown from the '90s movie It, with the music and clock playing. Ooh, interesting take. Interesting take, King. I respect your opinion. Um, and Baby Ice says, I need Squid Game 2. I still need to finish Squid Game 1, mate. I still need to finish Squid Game 1. Um, let's move on to our reviews for the evening. So let me just get my uh, little uh, sources up. First one we're going to be looking at, the 80s, 1980s to be specific, uh, American independent horror film Alligator, directed by Louis Teague and written by John Sayles, stars Robert Forster, Robin Riker, and Michael Z. Z. No, Michael V. I can't. Oh my God, I'm so bad tonight. Michael V. Gazzo. So, I'd never heard of the Alligator film or its sequel, Alligator to the New Mutation, um, until watching a brilliant documentary on Shudder. Um, which was In Search of Darkness 2. Now, if you've never seen In Search of Darkness or its sequel, they are documentaries, about three hours long each, purely on 80s horror. So, 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 so good. They'll cover the ground of the more well-known ones that you know, um, but also there'll be ones like, I mean, I hadn't seen Slaughterhouse Rock, um, Blood Drive, Blood Drive? Blood Diner, that's what I'm thinking of. And then they also mentioned Alligator, and I thought the segment they showed on Alligator just looked batshit insane. Like it's, but the the general premise is: teenage girl purchases a baby American alligator, a little tiny one. Uh, the dad freaks out because the alligator's like pooped on the carpet or some crap, and so he flushes it down the toilet. Cut to 1980. Robert Forster, um, who people watched Twin Peaks: The Return, he was a prominent role in that. He's passed away in the last few years, unfortunately, but he plays a cop. And um, there's been these reports of dogs going missing. Um, and a dog's corpse appears. It's partially eaten, but it's a lot bigger than it was when it uh, when it had been kidnapped or dognapped from this woman who identifies it. Um, basically, there's a company that are experimenting on dogs and they're trying to... I don't know their exact goal, but they're using these different hormones and drugs to increase the size of animals they're testing on. This alligator, though, that will flush down the toilet, is living in the sewers and is eating these corpses of dogs and is growing exponentially in size. And when people wander into the uh, the sewers, they get eaten. Um, <laughs> there's a pretty, pretty damn... Oh, yes, Baby Eyes says in the chat, uh, Robert was great in Jackie Brown. Yeah, Jackie Brown's a brilliant film. And Keith O'Toole, yes, I've seen Shaun the Dead. I love it. Excellent, excellent film. Probably... Probably my favourite out of the Cornetto trilogy. Um, although I do really like Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz grew on me. I wasn't a huge fan to begin with. And um, World's End is decent. It's good. 
Um, it's not as good as the first two in the little Cornetto trilogy or End of the World sort of trilogy, but it's good. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this alligator's grown bigger and bigger in size. There's a point when it's got into suburb. Well, it's New York City, but it's got into like the suburban area. And these kids are playing like walk the plank, like blindfolded because they're pretending to be pirates. And the alligator's in the pool. And a kid jokingly gets pushed in so they don't know there's an alligator in there. And that pool just goes red within seconds. Um, another character, a hunter, <laughs> you used to see him basically getting eaten whole. It's crazy. This is B, it's, well, it's, it's typical B-movie knockoff of Jaws, you know, take an animal, make it huge, have it attacking people. Um, ah, excellent scene in the chat. Um, Ilyas, big up Tez, row to 1K, exactly. I don't know where we are at the moment, but I know it was like 9, 10, 9, 20 earlier. So again, if you haven't subscribed, please hit subscribe button. We are really pushing for that uh, 1,000 subscribers. But um, yeah, it's been excellent over the last few days. Really pleased with that. But back to Alligator. It was made 1980 on a budget of $1.75 million. It made $6.459 million. It had a sequel, which I haven't watched yet, but this recently dropped on Shudder, and I couldn't watch it quick enough. And I'm so glad I did, because this was just a lot of fun. If you like... It's got decent acting. When I say B-movie, it's because it's a giant alligator you know it, it kind of sounds silly but this was great it was really um oh 923 subscribers Ilias and baby i say excellent Let's keep pushing keep pushing tell your friends share the link all that stuff um <clears throat> but when i say b movie you kind of may have the connotation of oh is it cheesy or whatever no 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 this is just great fun um if you like creature features um if you like um over the top i mean the effects as well there's a moment where kids are playing baseball on the street and uh it bursts out of a manhole and kind of just tears up the the street crawling around doesn't look terrible doesn't look terrible it looks pretty good actually i thought um so my score for alligator eight out of ten now if you've been watching the show for a while you know that i don't i don't mean to not rate things highly but i don't i don't like I don't like hyperbole. hyperbole. I don't like to go, oh, this is the best film ever. This is the best thing you'll ever see. It's the, it's just incredible. 10 out of 10. Oh, my God. Seven and a half stars in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, no, none of that crap. None of that crap. I had a lot of fun watching this. I thought it was a good hour and a half. Um, kick back, have a couple of beers, which I never need an excuse to have a couple of beers, um, and just have some fun. So um, there we go. That is Alligator. Eight out of 10. Next up on my reviews, uh, a more recent film, more recent than 1980, um, and this is Come Play, 2020 American horror thriller film written and directed by Jacob Chase. It stars Gillian or Gillian Jacobs, I've heard it pronounced both ways, John Gallagher Jr., Azzy Robertson, and Winslow Fegley. Uh, it was released uh, in the United States on October 30th by Focus Features. It received a mixed review from critics that grossed $13 million against a budget of $9 million. So, <clears throat> I'd seen this come up on Sky Cinema as one of their new premieres. I was initially hesitant to watch it because I thought, well, it's 2020, it's a couple of years old now, you know, it's not like a new, new horror. Um, but then I started watching it and it's got like Universal logo at the start, Amblin Partners, and I'm thinking, never heard of this film, but this is some, you know, kind of big production distribution, whatever companies behind it. 
let's give it a watch. Um, it took me a good half an hour to recognise that Gillian Jacobs was Gillian Jacobs. Um, I'm a big fan of the TV show Community, or the first first three seasons, really. You know, it, it's middling after then, like from good and bad, bad and good, I should say. But she's uh, one of the main characters now. I just didn't recognise her at all. Uh, she plays the mother of um, Oliver, who is a young, non-verbal autistic boy. And he uses a smartphone to communicate with people. He, you know, he, he, he's, that, he's in that part of the spectrum. He can't talk, really. Um, so he has to use his phone to kind of say phrases. He doesn't really have any friends. He's quite introverted. But, you know, that's... I'm not going to, I mean, I've got a niece who's on the spectrum, but I'm not going to pretend I know all the ins and outs of, of autism. I, I don't, I don't, so I'm not going to pretend I do. Um, but he doesn't have any friends. Um, his dad works at a, like a big sort of kind of car park area, um, doing kind of like a night shift, and he gets in the lost and found a uh, iPad or a tablet, which he gives to Oliver. And it starts... Um, ran the cannon. Did she britter this movie up? No, she is pretty good in this film. She didn't britter it up. Um, I don't think anyone britters the film up, to be honest. Um, but yeah, love the reference. Um, he gets this iPad tablet and it kind of all has a like a graphic novel type comic book or visual book. Um, not visual, but I don't know what I'm talking about. It's not really even a comic, but it's kind of each page has a couple of words, almost a bit like a digital version of um, the Babadook. But it's talking about this weird monster type creature called Larry, really gangly creature with red eyes, and it's huge. Larry wants a friend, and Larry can influence what's happening in the real world. Like he is there to a degree at certain points, but you can't see him. But if you watch like through something digital, like a camera, uh, you know, your phone or tablet, you can see him. Um, things start kind of descending. Uh, no one believes them, as, as is typical. Um, um, oh, what's Necroix in the chat? Is a rating of eight on the previous mean you'd rewatch? Yeah, I'd rewatch Alligator. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, eight. It's even anything from a seven point five up. I'd say I'd probably rewatch. Um, but yeah. Alligator, watch it if you haven't. Um, but yeah, come play. Kid's getting bullied because friends don't really understand him. Um, it's not really going great for him. Uh, they have a sleepover where the kids are taking the piss out of him, and then they kind of all the lights start going out in the house, and they look through the tablet and they can see that Larry's in the corner of the room, bent over can't see him if you're not looking through the camera. This kid goes over to him, and all of a sudden the kid kind of gets attacked. Um, I'll kind of say no more, really, about Come Play, but um, it's more thriller, I'd say, than horror. There's not there's not any deaths in it. You don't have to have deaths for it to be a horror film. There's all different levels of horror, and as I've said before, there's no gatekeeping here when it comes to, you know, horror films, discussion. You know, you can find horror in anything, really. I find horror on musicals. I fucking hate musicals. <laughs> I find them horrifying. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is a decent this is a decent watch. Um, I guess it kind of had that Amblin feel of it's got a horror monster in it, but it's not so much a horror film. I don't really know how to describe it. Like uh, it's more Poltergeist than Halloween. I'm not saying it's like Poltergeist, but in terms of I guess like kind of tone, family coming under. 
uh, attack. No one's going to believe it because who would? Uh, it leads to a pretty good finale. Um, kind of sad. I won't really say too much more with a happy-ish ending. Again, I'm being very vague because you may you may wish to watch the film. Um, uh, in the chat, Necro Eric. Speaking of musicals, we really need to do uh, Repo the Genetic Opera sometime. I tell you what, uh, Necro. If Repo is on Amazon Prime in the UK, I'll do a watch along on my Twitch channel. Um, anyone who doesn't know, I have a Twitch channel, twitch.tezius. No, twitch.tv forward slash tezius. T E Z Z I U S. Um, I've, I, I occasionally stream on there. I've done some gaming streaming recently. Um, but what I used to do was every Friday or every other Friday, horror movie marathons as a watch party. So if you have Prime, if the film is available in your territory, you can link your Prime to your Twitch and you can watch the film at the same time as me. We'll drink beers, we'll eat popcorn, we'll, you know, if you vape, vape, if not, whatever. Um, and just chat and watch horror films. Um, so if Repo is on Amazon Prime, we'll book it in. We'll we'll uh we'll do a watch party. It may have I know it's been on there before, but I've still never seen it. So back to come play. What do I think of the film? Would I recommend the film? Um, I will say it wasn't a bad film. Um, I didn't think it was amazing. It was good. An hour and a half. It's not going to take up too much of your time. Um, 6.5. 6 6.5. 6 because I feel 7 plus would maybe make it seem like I enjoyed it more than I did. Again, didn't think it was bad. But it was fine. It was fine. Um, and Gillian Bell's cool. She's Britta. So there we go. That was come play. 6.5 out of 10. So what's the chat saying? Da, 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 da. Um, <laughs> Fran the Cannon is telling Necro Eric that, um, yeah, my score is uh, is kind of high compared to recent reviews. You're not wrong, Fran. You're not wrong. Um, Baby Ice. Xanadu was gold. Olivia Newton-John is an angel. I've never seen Xanadu, funnily enough, Baby Ice. Would you recommend it? I imagine it's a musical. Probably won't watch it. Uh, Fran the Cannon, I've never seen Repo. Is that a trauma film? Necroic, have to take a look. Yeah, we'll do the time warp again, Baby Ice. Uh, Baby Ice, are you a fan of musicals? That's fair enough. It's not my cup of tea. And Necro's downloading Alligator now. Honestly, I had, I had a lot of fun with it. If you like a good creature feature, B-movie from the 80s. Um, and some of the alligator attacks are pretty damn cool, I thought. So yeah, enjoy. Enjoy Necroic. And on to our last film for review... It's the Full Moon Retro Review. Okay? Full Moon Retro Review. What are some of the films we've done recently? We've done uh, Shriekers. That was entertainingly bad. We did Killjoy. I actually quite enjoyed Killjoy for how shit it was. Um, before we did the Full Moon, before it became the Full Moon Retro Review, we did Subspecies. Really, I, I love the Subspecies films. I've still not seen three or four. Or I think there's a fifth one. Uh, but the first two are great. The second one's the second one's better than the first, I thought. Um, can't remember what other full moon film. Oh, and Ginger Dead Man, which was, which dragged for a film that's like barely over an hour. But the the one that I've done this week, I'm going to be surprised if anyone has seen this film or even heard of it. Creepazoids. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh i've got some love for people listening on the podcast um i'd implore you uh, if you get the chance go onto youtube search for the mos network give it a subscribe and you can view and see the poster artwork that i put up on screen and also engage with the great chat room we've really got a great uh great community here you guys are all awesome 
So, Creepazoids. Holy shit, how to describe this film other than absolutely god-awful crap shit piss. Um, so this is, it's basically, to, to put it in context, this is a knockoff of Alien. Um, I, I don't mind knockoffs of films. I mean, a lot of the great B-movies, that's what they are. Alligator, you could say, is a knockoff of Jaws. Taking an amphibious animal, making it much larger, and putting people in peril. Um, uh, Baby Ice in the chat says, The case with the poster art is way better than the actual movie. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, it's, it's in the, so this is a 1987 American science fiction horror film. Uh, it's the first 35mm film that was directed by David Duconti. Now, I don't know why that's an important thing to note on the Wikipedia. It's certainly not the first 35mm film. Who gives a shit that it's the first 35mm film that's been directed by David Duconti? I don't know who that is. Um, and it stars Linnea Quigley. Never heard of her. Um, Ken Abraham, Michael Aranda, Richard S. Hawkins, and Kim McCammy, also known as Ashley Gear, who's a former, this is not my knowledge, this is from Wikipedia, is a former pornographic film actress, um, who's also been in X-Files. Don't know who in X-Files, um, but she's an inductee into the AVN and XRCO Halls of Fame. So there you go, there's some cred credibility there. And it, this film actually was remade in 1997 as hybrid. Um, yeesh. Uh, so here's the plot. Set in the, it's in the near future of 1998, six years after an apocalyptic nuclear war. Um, also talking about films recently done, we did Trancers. I'm going to do Trancers 2 at some point because I thought Trancers 1 was brilliant. That was a Baby Ice recommendation. The Baby Ice, thank you very much for Trancers. Um, Set in 1998, six years after an apocalyptic nuclear war, a group of five U.S. Army deserters take refuge from acid rain in a seemingly abandoned laboratory complex. Um, <laughs> there's, no, there's no gap there. Uh, in the ruins of Los Angeles, they soon discover that the lab was a top-secret government research center where a genetically engineered monster still lurks. Oh my God, where do we start? Let's just talk about the production of this film. So the director, when asked about it, said Creepazoids was shot in 15 days in a warehouse in Los Angeles. I mean, it looks like it was shot in five days. The budget was something like 150k. How? Uh, it was difficult to shoot because of all the effects and zombie sequences. Um, lots of slime and very ambitious. It was ambitious. Linnea Quigley starred in it, and we had a great time working together. It was my first feature shot in 35mm. Again, who gives a shit? It was theatrically released and a hit on video. Um, and then it also mentions about Ashling Gear was a noted pornographic film actress. Oh, so this was as bad as it probably sounds. Um, <laughs> Net Kerrig in the chat got some pro boobies for the film. Yeah, I mean, she does have quite a graphic shower scene. I'll throw that out there. Um, Fran the Can looking at Repo on Amazon now. Not part of Prime, $2.99 to rent. I did watch another film from Boozman the other day, Abattoir. Um, any good? Frame cannon. Uh Baby Eyes, the case as mentioned, yeah, the case with the post art is way better than the actual movie. This was oh my god. So this was one of those films where it's sixty-nine minutes long. Giggity giggity. Um or the US release was seventy two minutes. I think the seventy two minutes was on was the, the version that was on um uh Full Moon channel on Prime. God damn this dragged. Um there's not really good kills in it. 
the only thing that's kind of notable is in the finale because um, the, the alien creature is a mishmash of aliens and humans and it kind of gives birth to this baby this mutant baby thing that's kind of creepy but it's this is god awful i really don't i don't have much to say about this film um i mean i'll give it a two two out of ten and i mean funnily enough the uh kim mccary or ashley ashley gear not just for the shower scene but she actually is probably one of the better actresses in the film there's a moment where she's getting attacked by a mutant rat, which is quite big. It's, it's an awful scene. And uh, her co-star, to come remember the character's name, was just just there for like what felt like five minutes, just going, huh? It's like, you're meant to be army. You're meant to be soldiers, army soldiers, deserters, admittedly. But you just stood there like letting her get in, almost chomped in the neck by, by a rat. And I think she gets chomped in the neck in the end. Um, oh god, crap, 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 crap. Uh, those are my thoughts on Creepazoids. <laughs> um, I wouldn't recommend watching it, I'll be honest. Um, I've no idea what the remake, Hybrid, is like. Um, why would you remake Creepazoids? Unless, I don't, I don't know, unless you uh, were related and felt that it was a favour to the original director, writer. Don't know, don't care. Creepazoids is not good. Now... We're going to move on now to the main part of the show, the main bulk of the show. I feel we've kind of got through this, uh, the news and uh, the reviews fairly quickly in comparison to uh, to some other bits. Um, uh, Baby Ice, I guess, has given recommendations of uh, some of his favourite scenes, maybe, or actresses. Um, Fran Cannon in the chat says, Avatar had an interesting concept around rooms from various crime scenes being collected and built into one structure, but it took a long time to get to it, to get to it, and the ending was a bit disappointing. Um, Jack Hugan, hello to you all. I'm new. Thank you very much for coming along to the show, Jack. Um, hope you're enjoying it. We're just about to get to the main bulk of the show, but I will say if you haven't already, um, and if you so wish, please hit the subscribe button we're really pushing to get to a thousand subscribers we we've done awesome in the last few days shooting up from like 750 to like 933 i think i saw earlier on um but yeah welcome to the show but that this now takes us to the main part of the show and probably what you've seen as the uh, the title i'll get into the title in a moment but um this is now the correct time for me to play this button <laughs> There we go. Look at that seamless transition. If you didn't catch the start of the show, I hit that button too, way too early in error. It wouldn't be a Ministry of Horror stream without me fucking up the buttons. Um, but we are now going to be talking um, about found footage films. So part of the reason I wanted to do a little show on found footage is it's one of the fam quite famous subgenres of horror. Um, some really good a lot really bad. Really depends on where you view on the spectrum. Um, <clears throat> so this isn't, and I didn't, the problem with that music, I really need to put some ads into the show because I don't get, really get a chance for a proper water break. So I do apologise if I suddenly start glugging. Talking by yourself is very tiresome on the throat. Quick glug of H2O. 
So the reason I wanted to talk about found footage was it was announced a few weeks ago that there was a uh, documentary coming to Shudder called uh, The Found Footage Phenomenon. Now, I subscribe to Shudder through Amazon. It's an add-on channel, like £5 a month, 4 Um And it wasn't on there. It was meant to be May 19th, and it wasn't on there. Don't know why. But I've known that there is a little bit of a difference, a handful of films or series, between Shudder, the app website, and Shudder on Prime. I don't know if it's due to certain film rights or whatnot, but with this being a Shudder exclusive, I kind of thought, surely this will be on there. I ended up having a look on the Shudder app, and your subscription doesn't transfer over from one Shudder account to another, which is a little bit piss poor, I'll be honest. Little bit piss poor. Um, but I took, I took advantage of the free trial, made sure to cancel before the trial was up so I didn't get charged twice for Shudder in one month, and I managed to watch it. It's good. It's a good documentary. It covers a lot of the bases that you'd expect, but it has some good interviews. It introduced me to a couple of found footage films that I haven't seen before. Now, <clears throat> I will say kind of ignore the title of the uh, this video. Um, I'm not going to be do, doing like the whole history of found footage, because we'll be here for a while. There's a lot of films. A lot of them I've not seen. Um, I'm not as bad with not seeing stuff as I am in wrestling, if you watch the Ministry of Slam on Sundays, you'll know there's a lot of old wrestling I've just not seen. I get given homework um, for crying out loud. Um, just seen in the chat, uh, Jack Ugan, I watched today the black and white Nosferatu from 1922. Excellent. Excellent film. I've got the Blu-ray um, and it just, for a film that is 100, well, God, how many, how many long it is, um, it's, it looks incredible. Um, and if you if you enjoyed nosferatu uh jack i will say a couple of other things to check out if you've not seen them is uh, the cabinet of dr caligari which is 1920s german expressionism it's it's brilliant it looks incredible and also there's a film i can't remember the director i don't know if it's f and i can't remember his name but there's a film called faust about the faustian tale and some of the imagery in that looks just incredible so if you are a fan of black and white silent cinema there's a couple of recommendations if you haven't seen them. Uh, Caligari, I'll watch that, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. If you enjoyed Nosferatu, you probably might get a kick out of um, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. So I found footage. Um, I don't want to go into kind of the whole shebang of it and where it kind of traces from. You could say, is it Cannibal Holocaust, where it began? You could say, is it um, the McPherson tape? Two films I've not seen. Um uh necro eric is agreeing with me in the chat about uh cabinet and masterpiece yep man's knows his horror that is a great film um <clears throat> but i, I kind of wanted to handpick some films for discussion um that i've seen there's a couple in the middle that i haven't seen and i will kind of discuss why there is a reason why um okay but i'm kind of going to discuss you handpick films how they fit into the found footage genre because found footage isn't just a case of Handy cam, and that's it. Um, some films will actually utilize the original meaning of found footage, which is the footage has been found and it contains something that occurred to the filmmakers. Not all found footage is like that. Um, a lot of it could just be takes the found footage kind of staple subgenre heading and just puts it into 
recordings without kind of that story behind it of these people went missing here this footage was found their remains were never found that sort of thing so there's quite a bit that you can look at in terms of uh found footage and how it kind of pertains to these films pertaining to that genre um network you absolutely need to see cannibal holocaust that really set it for me in terms of the filming style um and uh, yeah found the canon cannibal holocaust is on prime in the uk tell you what guys tell you what and hopefully it's available in your territory and in, in other territories other than the uk but if it's not try and source a copy and we can link up hitting play Shall we do a Cannibal Holocaust watch-along? Um, we can either do it on my Twitch. I could speak to Lawrence about the Ministry of the MOS Network Twitch. But that could be pretty fun. If you're listening on podcast feeds, I would say check out Twitter at Ministry underscore horror. And if we do arrange this, I'll put the links in there and the date in there. Um, it could be a fun little thing to do. Friday night, maybe. Get some drinkies in. Watch a film. Have a live chat. Lots of fun. Baby Ice is well up for a watch along. So it could be that my first film of Cannibal Holocaust is with you guys. So that's going to be a lot of fun if we do do that. The first found footage film I want to discuss is one of the more recent ones. Um, and if you haven't seen it, I'd say, well, any of these films, I'd say give it a go. And that is Host. Seen a few more things pop up in the chat. Uh, Jack Hugan, a few years ago, I watched a TV and movie from 2002, Killer Bees. I don't know why the studio doesn't make today a movie with bees for horror movies. Yeah, there's there's one film, I can't for the life of me remember it, but it's set at a garden party and mutant wasps um, start injecting people who then mutate. And that was a lot of fun. It's wasps instead of bees, but I can't for the life of me think of the title. It might be Stung or Sting, something like that. But, yeah, give that a watch if you haven't seen it. Um, Baby Ice is up for a watch-along. John Woodmus, Woodmus, thanks for coming along to the stream, John. Dream Demon, it's Jimmy Nail and Timothy Spall, one of the best horror movies. Okay, give it a, I'll give it a try. Brandon Cannon's up for the watch-along. Put the details in the Discord too, certainly will. And Baby Ice confirms Candyman has bees. So, <clears throat> found footage. As you can see, Dread Central said this film is one of the scariest films of the past decade. I didn't necessarily find it scary, but it's certainly quite freaky. I, I, there's not many films, not to sound big-headed or anything, because um, I'm a wuss when it comes to horror games, but there's not many films where I'm like, oh my god, that was scary. Um, Host is very creepy. The film uh, is from t 2020. It's a British uh, computer screen supernatural horror film. Now, in terms of found footage, um, could we say that this is found footage? Uh, it's shot entirely in Zoom which I thought was pretty ingenious, during the pandemic, so really making the most of an awful worldwide situation. Um, it was originally based on a, a prank that the director did that went viral, and he decided to expand it into a script for a feature film. Um, I'm, for each of these films, I'm not going to go into the whole production directors, because we've got a few films that I'm going to get through. And I have been up very early today, and I've got work in the morning, so... Uh, we're kind of going to go into bits and bobs in this, but this is basically, um, it's done all on Zoom. Uh, it's to, they're kind of, let's just have a quick look. They basically do an online seance, a virtual seance. And as you may imagine, the seance isn't finished correctly. I believe with the seance or Ouija boards, again, Crimson Mel, this is more his, his realm of things. I don't know a lot about that stuff, but I, I, if seances are the same as Ouija boards, I know you're meant to 
close it or end it properly or correctly. And they don't do that. Things start happening. Um, and there's some really quite creepy scenes. Um, the fact that it's just on Zoom doesn't necessarily mean they're sat at a keyboard, you know, like a, a, a laptop, desktop. You can do Zoom on your phone. So you get uh, mixtures of people in their rooms with things going on behind them, people on their phones uh, trying to escape and being attacked. Um, so this, is this found footage in terms of the footage has been found and we're now looking at it later? Not really. It's more of a feature film that is shot in the in the format of personal recordings. Um, would I'd still call it a found footage film because you can't have 50 million different subgenres of found footage laptop, found footage um, actual found footage, you know. Um, but this is definitely one of those films that I would say if you haven't seen and you're a found footage fan, give it a watch. It's a more recent one. It's available on Shudder, um, but I believe you can pick it up on blu-ray dvd and i'd recommend giving it a watch this is it's a more recent one like i say but i definitely think it's a notable one to check out it's a lower budget thirty-five thousand dollar budget uh made box office 443 grand it's pretty successful really i mean they utilized i mean they utilized the pandemic where you couldn't interact with people really and managed to make a horror film um and a very a, a decently looks decent horror film so it's definitely one to watch out for. Next, that I want to discuss. I didn't have big expectations of this. As above, so below. 2014 horror film, written and directed by John Eric Dodal and co-written by his brother Drew. It features Ben Feldman, who is quite irritating in Superstore, which is a, it's on Netflix. It's a sitcom. I quite like the sitcom, actually, but I do find his character kind of annoying. Um, but it's a, it, it's basically, it's a modern adaptation of Dante's Inferno. Now, this, again, isn't so much found footage in terms of people went missing. This was the video, this video camera was all that was found. Uh, here's what was on the camera. It, it's not found footage in that regard. We have ones like that. We will get to those. But this is utilizing the POV, point of view format of filming, digital camera. Um, and this is surprisingly great. I think I had low expectations of it because it came out around a period where we'd had a bit of a boon, you know, it's found footage kind of has like a lot of subgenres. It has its highs and its lows where the market gets flooded by films of varying quality. Naturally, it's normally diminishing returns. And I think this had come out a few years after the Chernobyl tapes which I enjoyed. I thought it had some really creepy scenes in it. But on the whole, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't on the whole great. And I've just remembered a film, which I think I'll talk about after this, but I haven't got a prepared image uh, in the stream. So just use your imaginations if you're watching. If you're listening on podcast feeds, then this makes no difference to you. Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. It's just popped in my head. I will find the details for it. But this one... Man, this this was a lot of fun. And when I say fun, I mean, I think it was... It, it got some good scares in there. It got some good scares in there. It, it utilised high-concept fan footage. And by that, I mean you've got these digital effects that look fairly convincing from memory. I haven't seen this for a few years. Um, but are utilised in a fan footage format where more often than not, you're normally dealing with a lower budget. So effects are either more practical 
or if they're digital, they can look a bit cack, to be honest. Um, oh, Fran the Can in the chat says, Feldman was also in the 2019 Friday the 13th. I, oh, I can't remember that. I, oh, no, I remember the film, but I can't remember who he is, isn't it? Um, As Above is pretty good, has some strong visuals. Yes, Fran the Cannon. 100%. It's, um, I remember these moments where basically As Above, So Below is it's from Dante's Inferno. It's referring to hell, basically, like entering one of the circles. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Dante's Inferno. I'm very aware of it, never read it. Or Milton's, what was it, The um, Paradise Lost. Always find those things interesting. Haven't, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert, though. Um, yep, it's in the French, uh, it's set in the French catacombs, so Fran Can says. Yeah, it's it's got some really creepy moments where they're basically descending further and further into the seven layers of hell. There's moments where they're seeing things from their past which shouldn't exist. I'm sure there's a moment where they come across a car and the car almost kind of implodes or something. Yeah, not seen it for a very long time. But visually it has some great moments. There's a moment, I think, from the end, spoiler alert, um, although it's not really because I can barely remember it, where they do this very cool thing. It's kind of similar to what happens in a upside down episode of stranger things season four where they're crawling down through i can't I'm maybe getting this the wrong way around but they're crawling down through a manhole but then coming up out of it into into the surface onto the world so it's a very it's a very surreal kind of head fuck imagery of i'm sure they're going down in the hole and then because they're appearing up through the manhole in on the surface but i would definitely say um I would definitely say this is one of those films, if you're looking for some visual freakiness, visual scares, um, it's definitely one worth watching. Again, I wouldn't necessarily say it's found footage in terms of what found footage itself means, On if you're looking at it on uh, comparing apples to apples. But it has it utilises uh, digital video, digital effects. Um, it doesn't do that cheesy thing that some, when I talk about more modern found footage horror films you'll get some that will rely on digital video damage as a cool effect and it's not cool it's bullshit um um it's <clears throat> it can be used sometimes but this doesn't do that i think it does a little bit but it's not like full-on where everything is digital damage to kind of cover over something supernatural having happening it's definitely one worth watching um john woodmus house with william cat is amazing if you love 80s horror house is brilliant i only watched that recently about a couple of months back i still need to watch the sequels but yeah house is one of those films don't really think it got much publicity in the uk or if it did it doesn't really get much of the home video love here uh, but all those films are on shudder house one is excellent um <laughs> i am for a fluff salisbury they were plumbers and were trying to save princess peach <coughs> Um, I don't know if I've missed something in the chat there, but yeah, okay. I mean, that sounds more like Super Mario, but you do you, bro. Um, dude, I can't remember the Friday the 13th remakes. It's Baby Ice, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's and the chat is popping. Love it, love it, love it. The film that I wanted to mention, which I don't have the artwork for because I've only just remembered it. It's only just popped into my head. But it's, again, one of those uh, lesser-known found footage films and when i say lesser then a lot of you may be aware of this film but it doesn't have the knowledge uh it doesn't get the you know like the the, the blair witch uh media and that's a film called banshee chapter or the banshee chapter uh it's loosely based on the hp lovecraft short story from beyond 
And if you love H.P. Lovecraft stories, although maybe not so much the guy who's incredibly racist. Um, uh, Keith O'Toole, I've just noticed the chat. Keith O'Toole says, remember in TNA when Eric Young held a bout called the World Drinking Championship? No, I didn't. Um, I think I probably stopped watching at that point. I did used to watch TNA. I even watched it in the Hogan years. Um, and I think it's when things started downsizing and maybe they, the, prop, the company started changing hands that I just stopped watching it watched it a lot more infrequently and then it's it's no longer available on any sort of uk tv platform so i don't watch it um but no i didn't i did not know that eric young held a bout called the world drinking championship um fair play to him um and john woodmus alone in the dark game is based on hp lovecraft now that i didn't know i have played ooh one or two of the alone in the dark games not the really old pc games but there was one or two that maybe came out on the playstation 2 or maybe playstation 1 i played them um but uh yeah alone in the dark i did not know that was based on hp lovecraft um <clears throat> be yeah, a banshee chapter this is it's a, it's a directorial debut of blair erickson based on loosely based on from beyond which was also adapted as the film from beyond by stuart gordon starring the guy from reanimator jeffrey coombs um this is decent this is decent um it's basically involving the use of a drug uh, an experimental drug that will potentially mean that you're kind of seeing another reality it's a little bit convoluted in places um this is more i suppose traditional found footage because i believe at the end again not seen it for a very long time the character goes missing and the footage is the last remaining thing found of them Potentially, don't quote me on that. I haven't seen this for a very long time, but this does have some really cool moments in it. Um, I think a good staple of a found footage type horror is a strong finale. Now, whether you have moments of horror building up to that finale, or maybe whether you use those early stars starts for building dread or building mystique or tension, whatever, a strong finale is a cornerstone of a good found footage film. And this has, you know, again the the artwork on the screen at the moment is as above, so below. Um, but Banshee Chapter does have a strong finale where the character is the main character, Anne, is in pursuit. And there's a moment when she looks back and one of her friends, I think from memory, has been mutated or changed by this other realm. And he's got like a really long mutant hand with like really elongated fingers into like a claw. And utilizing those quick, quick whipping movements of a point of view shot from a handicam where you only get a glimpse of him, you don't get to see too much detail, that's really effective. Um, this is a film that does use quite a bit of the digital damage effect. Um, you could say it uses it to its detriment, but from memory, I really enjoyed Banshee Chapter, and I would implore you uh, to give it a watch. Um, before we move on to the next one, let's just have a little check-up on the chat, because the chat has been popping off. Um... Jack Eugen, I remember a scene with a character sitting in a pool of blood and sitting with his eyes open. I don't know what the movie was called, but it was action and horror. Don't remember the name. Um, not too sure. Not too sure. Baby Ice um, is the mist sort of King's version of Lovecraft. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, da dabbling with a lot of HP Lovecraft, if you don't know, is dabbling with these kind of uh, elder god kind of creatures deals with a lot of insanity and a lot of seeing things that the human mind can't comprehend um i guess you could say that but i will say 
the baby ice and anyone in the chat who is a fan of either um you know uh hp lovecraft or stephen king if you haven't read revival by stephen king I would implore you to. I think it's getting adapted, or it should be getting adapted, but it's one of his more recent and kind of lesser applauded films. The finale of that is pure Lovecraft, and it's one of the rare instances where King sticks the landing in the finale. I'm a, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, but I can admit a fair number of his films don't have... Oh, sorry, his books, I should say. A fair number of his books don't have great endings. Or the finales kind of feel a bit of a letdown to all the stuff that's gone before. Prime example would be It. Um, I still enjoy It, but the finale, you know, it's, it's quite a few of his stories. But if you like H.P. Lovecraft, if you like Stephen King, if you haven't read Revival, read Revival. Okay, just throwing that out there. Uh, what else we got in the chat before we move on? Um, Fran the Cannon, oh, um, the Alone in the Dark movies are awful. I've, I've not seen them, but I know they're Uwe Bowie and his films are generally absolute shite. Uh, Keith O'Toole, will you guys be doing any more Ministry of Slam episodes? Yes, Keith O'Toole. Uh, if you haven't already, please hit subscribe. We do Ministry of Slam. Uh, Lawrence and I'm, I'm, you know, guesting on the show. We do Ministry of Slam every Sunday, 7 p.m. UK time. I don't know what that is anywhere else. I'm sorry, um, but yeah, that's every Sunday. Um, so be sure to come along if you want to call in as well. We do call ins. Um, it's really good stuff. And Fran Akan, yes, uh, Keith, that's Sunday evenings. The Gruff, I thought I had seen this film, but not so sure now. Maybe I'm thinking of The Descent. Oh, The Descent. My God, that's a good film. I, I remember picking that up from Woolworths as a teenager, thinking, oh, this looks like a new horror film. I don't know anything about it. Good Lord, that's a freaky film. Um, I've not seen it since. I didn't think the sequel was that good. Um, but The Descent, uh, oh, Jeebus. Oh, Jeebus, it's very good. Uh, what else we got in the chat? Um, great show, Tess. Thank you very much, John um, John Woodmus. Uh, Keith O'Toole, um, any show where people talk about professional wrestling is worth a look. Yeah, 100%. If you enjoy Ministry of Slam, we like that every week. Um, Baby Ice, I love The Descent. Full disclosure, I thought the sequel wasn't as bad. Um, or wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't think the sequel was necessarily bad. I just didn't think it was great. Um, I think the ending as well. Um, so Baby Ice, I, don't know, I can't remember where, if you've said where you are based in the world, but the original ending uh, in the UK is not what the ending was in America. The original ending in the UK, she doesn't escape. She thinks she's escaped, but actually she is still there and she's, been, she's about to be surrounded by the creatures. Um, so it's a very downer ending. But um, the US release... They didn't like the downer ending, which we've seen before with uh, Army of Darkness, and so it ends when she's escaped, and that's how they managed to do the sequel based on the US ending. But the original ending, yeah, she doesn't get out. Um, uh, Jack Hugan, I don't even remember the movie name, was 20 years ago. Uh, John Woodmus, 1408, was a great King film, I agree, and that's recently come onto UK uh, Netflix. Brian the Cannon, I'd recommend Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is excellent. And the film The Borderlands. Now, The Borderlands I was going to bring on, but I thought I'm just getting too many films on the list because we've still got quite a few to get through. Um, but The Borderlands, it's a fun found footage film, as in it's got some humour to it. And the ending is absolutely incredible. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> the Borderlands is, again, it's another found footage film that's not really discussed. Um... Oh, if there's anyone in the chat that is a mod, if they could deal with uh, <laughs> deal with what we're being spammed with. 
of no idea how to do it. Um, can I do that? No, I don't want to add them as a moderator. Let's remove. Um, yeah, but if we do have any moderators in chat, I'm not sure if we do tonight. Um, if you could do that. Actually, I'm just doing it. Uh, yo, they advertise. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to promote that, Necro. <laughs> Uh, I mean, a view's a view. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there we go. That has been dealt with. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know how to make people moderators. Uh, that's that's kind of Lawrence's, uh, Lawrence's thing. Oh, crap, and it's on the chat on the screen, right? Let's uh, uh, let's just... Oh, let's keep the chat on there. Screw it. It's, people will chat enough to kind of clear that off the screen. So, the next one that I wanted to talk about... Lake Mungo. Now, what I will say about Lake Mungo, one of the most more highly rated underground, I suppose you could say, um, or low bu lower budget um, found footage films. I've seen it twice. Oh, hey, Eddie Hickey. Uh, welcome to the show. Welcome aboard. Um, Let's just have a quick look at the chat. Necro's not a mod, Baby Ice says. I'm um, only on Discord, Baby Ice. Yeah, I, I don't know how to make people mods. I, I barely know how to turn a computer on. Um, which is a lot. I mean, I, I edit films. I don't know about all this streaming stuff and moderation, all that, all that malarkey. Um, no, no problem, Eddie Hickey. Uh, so Lake Mungo. It's a 2008 Australian psychological horror film written and directed by Joel anderson and starring talia zucker and martin sharp it's a it employs a mockumentary style storytelling with found footage and docufiction elements using actor interviews to present the narrative of a family trying to come to terms with the drowning death of their daughter and the potential supernatural events they experience after it Ooh. so this is it's a good film it's a good film it's very highly regarded it's a lot of high ratings a lot of praise and so i have i, I remember buying the dvd of it thinking oh yeah Oh, yeah, I'm hyped to watch Lake Mungo. Yeah. I don't know. It did nothing for me. It did nothing for me. I, uh, it, it's, it's found footage. It's a mixture of found footage, as, as I read out. And mockumentary normally gets associated with comedy, like uh, The Office, Parks and Recreation, other things to, to, that, uh, to that degree. It's not really so much a mockumentary, but it is a faux documentary. So there's the found footage elements are interspersed with these interview portions um it's basically they're kind of uncovering what really happened to the daughter it's kind of i suppose to a degree got this uh, element of uh twin peaks um, and by that i mean the more grounded element of um laura palmer died when they're looking into the case they're finding out things about her that you didn't know she's she had the appearance of prom queen high school cheerleader whatever but there's a lot of darkness in her life. And that's kind of similar here, that um, Alice Palmer dies quite tragically. It's a drowning. Um, but the family, when they're looking into these tapes, these recordings that are found, um, and like, diaries, that sort of stuff, are finding that it wasn't quite as... Not squeaky clean. It's no fault on her. But um, there was a side to their daughter they didn't know about. Things that have occurred in her life they didn't know about premonition type doppelganger type event uh, where she kind of sees her own death before it happens it's good but i i remember just kind of feeling didn't live up to the hype um and that that's that is a problem with i think horrors and fairly 
fairly quite a few films where you get a lot of hype for it. And I mean, I say horrors. There's a lot of films where they go scariest film since The Exorcist, scariest film since Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's never gonna be. And I'm not saying those original films are scary necessarily, but when a film is given a certain level of hype, for me, I never find a film where I go, holy shit, that was even better than I'd been led to believe it was, you know? So with this, there was this... Um, there's a fair amount of hype to this Australian film, and I thought, it's good. It's good. It's decent. But is it amazing? No, I didn't think so. Um... It's basically yeah, it's looking into her life, and uh, it's more of a retro, retroactive look at uh, at the events, as opposed to here is the found footage as it occurred, that sort of thing. Um, just looking at the chat, Keith O'Toole, Tez, have you ever seen Walker Texas Ranger? Um, do you mean the uh, Chuck Norris Walker or the Jared guy from Supernatural Walker? The answer to both is no. Um, is it any good? Worth watch? Let me know. Uh, King of Wakamundo. I notice in horror movies and series, water is always involved with supernatural stuff. This is where we probably need uh, Crimson Mal in the chat because I imagine he'll know the kind of uh, correlation between the two. You're right, there's quite a lot of uh, horror that involves water. And I guess... I'm not so much, so much sure with the supernatural stuff, but I guess a lot of it is probably due to water it hydrates us it keeps us alive but it's also very possible that that can kill us in terms of drowning things like that um it's more of that kind of real basis i guess i mean i'm just talking shit here but you know that could be something to it uh back in the chat um tez uh eddie hickey says tez which horror film is your favorite oh that's a tough one very tough one i'm a big john carpenter mark i love halloween uh he's original i love the thing his you know adaptation uh, I love House of the Devil. I'm a big Ty West fan. I love Ari Aster's films, um, Hereditary and Midsummer. They're not, you know, they're not. Not everyone loves them. Some people hated Hereditary and liked Midsummer. Some people vice versa. I, I think they're both excellent. Um, but I like a range, and I like a lot of older stuff, like um, some of the old Christopher Lee Dracula films. Um, you know, uh, Nosferatu, as we mentioned. Uh, Suspiria. Suspiria by Dario Argento is up there with, for Hall with Halloween and The Thing for me. Uh, too much. Too much really to uh, to go into. Uh, Chuck Norris says... Oh, Jack Hugan, sorry. Um, says, what was the, most, what was the horror, most horror movie that scares you a lot and will not sleep for a few days? Don't really find that, Jack. Um, I probably got introduced to horror a bit young as, uh, as, a, as a child and... Probably aliens freaked me out initially and made me think, oh, God, is one of them going to come craw crawling up the stairs? Um, maybe Michael Myers when I first saw Halloween as a kid, but no, nothing really does that for me as an adult. Um, oh, what, look at a few more things in the chat. Chat's popping off. Love it. Uh, baby Ice, Chuck Norris rules. Uh, King of Quokamundo, there's a new walker. Um, Necro, I've been trying to find George Miller's 1898 short, La Cavine Moidite, and... Bake, Jizo, and Shinin no Soy from 1898. But they may be lost. Um, can they find those films? No, I've not heard of them. Not heard of them. Um, uh, Fran the Cannon, talking about water, says it's probably also linked to it being reflective, like a mirror. The Gruff, Midsummer is great. Need to watch the director's cut. I, I've got the Blu-ray. I may have seen the director's cut. I definitely saw it in the cinema. So I may have watched the director's cut. I'm not sure. 
Uh, King of Huacamundo, Huacamundo, The Thing is my favourite, the old one, love it. Uh, Keith O'Toole, which Dawn of the Dead version do you think is best, 2004 or 1978? I like the 78 version. 78 was on my top five zombie films with uh, uh, Erratic Agent. Um, I put it in number three in my list of five. Uh, he put the remake in number three, and which was a really cool moment because neither of us knew what was on each other's list. Uh, Baby Eyes, Storm of the Dead, 78 Scare Me as a Child, Necro Eric, original Suspiria is just incredible. That's in my top five. Yes, Necro Eric. I love the original Suspiria. I don't want to talk about the remake. Um, okay, let's get back onto our found footage discussion. Now, this is one coming up, which I think is more traditional found footage in terms of... It's quite original, actually, in, in the approach that it took. Um, and that is the Spanish horror, Wreck. I recently, I actually rewatched this again for the first time in a very long time, uh, two days ago. Again, had a great time with it. I've not seen any of the sequels, um, but I have heard that the second and the fourth one, the best ones to watch because they follow the story. But yes, 2007 Spanish found footage horror film, co-written and directed by, sorry, uh, Juan Balaguero and Paco Plaza. And it stars Manuela Valesco as a reporter who, with her cameraman, accompany a group of, group of firefighters on an emergency call to an apartment building to discover an infection spreading inside with the building being sealed up and all occupants ordered to follow a strict quarantine. Uh, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. This is taking the approach of... It's almost found... It's, it's found footage, but it's a news broadcast. Um, and... I think it's just ingenious. They're going to do a mundane uh, discussion on firefighters. There's moments where the the reporter, uh, Angela, is kind of like, oh, if, the, if this gets a bit boring, just just cut it. And she does kind of give the motion a couple of times early on, like, oh, I wish we'd get like a an alarm call out so we can go and see something, you know, good. Um, and it just it just descends into hell. They get to this apartment block, um, and you just you just see some great zombie effects. It's utilizing the running zombies, which I guess were kind of popularized with the rage infection in uh, 28 Days Later and also the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, so this is, I guess, around that time where that type of zombie or flesh-eating uh, infection running was was really becoming a new approach to zombies. But I, what I loved about this one is not just some of the scares, the zombie attacks... But the evolving story, the fact that it's not just a case of, oh, it's a government experiment, it's a viral outbreak, yada, yada, yada. There's supernatural stuff going on. There's possession going on. And I thought that was great. And the fact that the, I can't remember the character's name, but the creature at the end, um, this this girl that was, this Portuguese girl that had been possessed, uh, Tristana Medeiros, has become this hulking emaciated beast which is just which is just brutal there's a moment where you see it capture the it grabs the cameraman and you get like a kind of off kilter shot of it basically just battering him you can't really see what it's exactly doing but that adds to it you're only getting these glimpses and the glimpses you are seeing are terrifying and i believe that they uh, i can't remember the actor's name uh yavier yavier botet a really tall actor spanish actor and he's done a number of things like the mummy uh, the remake of The Mummy, Slender Man in the 2018 film, which is absolutely shit. Um, and I believe he's also in It as the uh, infected vagrant. But it, this is just excellent. Um, you get the ending where basically you're led to believe the main characters died because uh, they, 
again, building up, building suspense, building the lore as you're going along through dialogue and discoveries, which you're discovering at the same time as the characters leading up to a very tense finale. Think, and we'll get to this later on, think Blair Witch, where you're they're running through the house. In this instance, they're trying to escape. Everyone's being turned into zombies. They end up in this penthouse where they think they're safe until they realize, actually, this is what's going on. And the the subject is here with us in the dark. Uh, if you've not seen Wreck, although it looks like from the chat a lot of people have, this is a crazy film. Crazy, crazy film. Definitely one to watch. Uh, Baby Ice, love the Wreck series. The Gruff, I love Wreck. All the films are great. Uh, they did an American remake called Quarantine and did sequels to that too, if I remember right. I've not seen Quarantine. Baby Ice's Quarantine 2 stunk. Third one is very different, but I still enjoy it. Um, Necro, would the 13 cameras and 14 camera films be considered found footage style or more peeping Tom horror? Those were very unique and weird. Um, that's a good point. We'll kind of get onto one of those in a moment. I think it's actually up next in our discussion. Um, oh yeah, Jack Hugan, don't worry in the chat. Don't worry, we'll be getting to that very shortly. Um, <clears throat> Brandon Cannell says, there have been four Wreck films and two Quarantine films. Yeah, not seen the Quarantine films, not seen the Wreck sequels yet, but they are on my list to get to. Um, this leads us up to a discovery from a few years ago again it's a found footage film that to my knowledge did not get a lot of hype went under the radar somewhat um but is i think is excellent again not seeing the sequel we'll get to the sequel at some point and that is grave encounters um this kind of ties into what necro eric's just said in the chat about um do you consider multi-camera films as found footage or not it's a very good question um in regards to what comes under found footage and what doesn't. And I think you can basically encapsulate anything which is the camera angle or the camera shot is part of the action. So it's not a case of we're looking from a third party perspective at what's going on like you do in traditional films. But anything where what you're viewing is footage that has been filmed by these characters, I guess you could encapsulate that in found footage. Whether or not what you're seeing is this was the found footage that occurred and this is what happened these are the last moments of these people uh it really um you know you can look at it anyway and this is such a simple concept but i think it was done so brilliantly and it utilized visual effects which could and, and it does in some films look kind of cheesy kind of corny but in this i thought it was great very creepy Basically, um, so it's a 2011 Canadian found footage supernatural horror film written, directed, and edited by the Vicious Brothers. Let's just see. They, what other stuff have they done? Uh, Grave Encounters. They did Grave Encounters 2, Extraterrestrial. It Stains the Sands Red, which I've heard of. Spiral, which is decent. What Keeps You Alive, which is also actually pretty damn good. Um, and they are doing a remake of Urban Legend from the look of it. Yeah, the reboot of Urban Legend. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a mixed reviews, but it was a box office success, and it's got a, it had a sequel in 2012, which I do need to watch. I haven't seen it yet, um, and it's got a cult following. So yeah, this this utilised the whole thing of if you're from the UK, you may have heard of a show called Most Haunted, or probably more worldwide would be Ghost Adventures, those kind of entertainment based shows where they are hunting ghost experiences uh, whether real or not depending on your view i'm not going to patronize if people <clears throat> believe um, i'm very much a skeptic until i see or experience something i can't explain um, so basically i'm a skeptic but 
if something happens or I see or I witness or encounter something that I can't explain through science or logic or whatever, I'm not going to shoot it down. I'm not going to just be closed-minded, but I normally think there's normally a natural explanation for these things. This utilizes a, a, a film crew like that who've gone to, I believe it's like a supposedly haunted psychiatric hospital in search of evidence of paranormal activity but what they shoot ends up being their final episode and early on you get the moments kind of where the cameras are filming but they're going to edit it out supposedly from the episode of saying look things aren't really going as well as we thought they would so maybe we create a scenario maybe we mix it up a bit and we kind of create some scenes but Predictably, but not in a bad way, things start occurring. People start getting picked off one by one. It leads to a very tense finale with some creepy uh, ghost effects or possessed effects, however you want to look at it. Uh, yeah, it was a film that I had no knowledge of, like a couple of the films that we're going to get to, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know why I haven't got around to seeing the sequel, but this, uh, yeah, it utilizes that aspect of multicam, but also... These cameras were picked up at this location. The crew are missing. We haven't found any evidence of them. But this is their, the recordings for their last episode. So it's true found footage if you want to look at it that way. Albi, it's done in a TV show format where they have multiple cameras, night vision equipment, EMT, I don't know all the things, but, you know, readings for, for ghost readings. Really, really good in that respect. Um... What does the chat say? Good storytelling from King Huacamundo. Um Brave Encounters, Baby Eyes says, was surprisingly decent. I liked it. Jack Ugan, I really like this movie. I don't know why some people don't watch the movie. Uh, Fran the Can, I watched the sequel to Grave Encounters 2 this weekend. It wasn't as good as the first one, but told a decent story. So maybe I might also do that as a watch-along, because I know that is on Prime, and I haven't seen it. Let's get some watch-alongs booked up. We'll talk about it in the Discord. Um, so if you're listening on on podcast streams check out the discord ministry um about the ministry of slam the mos network uh, we have a channel in there for ministry of horror um and also i'll put it on twitter as well because i do tweet occasionally now <clears throat> i've got two films that i want to talk about i've not seen so i may be wrong in my assessment of them but they're the sort of found footage film that doesn't interest me I've, I can't want to put it as bad fan footage. I don't want to offend anyone if you've watched these films and you've enjoyed these films. But they have both have different levels of notoriety and the the style of the films or my perception of the films just doesn't seem like it would interest me at all. So when I talk about bad fan footage or what I think of as bad fan footage, I have uh, the Poughkeepsie tapes and Megan is Missing. Now, you may have seen these films. You may think that they're great and enjoy them. That's cool. But for me, hearing the premise of the film, seeing clips of the films, it to me seems like found footage versions of like the later Saw sequels or a Serbian film. The type of film where it's basically torture porn, but it's in the format of found footage. Again, I may be wrong and I may be overgeneralizing and Please do tell me in the chat if you've seen these films, you enjoy them, and you think I'm wrong. I'm always open to, you know, other people's views, of course. But um, Poughkeepsie Tapes, for example, is these kind of snuff films found from a serial killer, um, which then kind of bleeds into the uh, the investigation of the serial killer and the, the police looking into it. 
it kind of just seems like one thing after another of showing spooky deaths or disturbing deaths which to me is kind of like the Saw sequels where it got to a point where these are now just showing cool inventive ways to kill people that doesn't interest me there's no narrative there there's no real strong story you're not really following particular characters and you want to see where it goes whether they overcome whatever's occurring or how they meet their end um again i could very well be wrong i haven't seen this film or megan is missing both of them seem to be not available on streaming platforms um and more expensive uh you know to buy for home media um jack hugan what movie is like similar to the man manhunt game probably the poughkeepsie tapes maybe um chat do let me know if you're if i'm uh, if i'm wrong there but yeah the, the idea of the poughkeepsie tapes doesn't really interest me it's kind of like when the serbian a serbian film came out and people go oh my god it's insane gosh this film's sick oh my god i have no interest in that it's like when people go oh sharing videos or have you seen this uh, you know horrible thing that's happened or real life you know beheadings and stuff like that i've got no interest in that there's no narrative structure to that i don't want to see real horrible things going down that doesn't that doesn't interest me in in the slightest i think it's just a bit it's a bit crazy and this element where it's more of a case of and so i'm in the film distribution business and sort of filmmaking business although i haven't really done think creative for a couple of years but some of the films that we see that come across to us are just for pure shock value and if that's your interest then fair play that's your interest does nothing for me because i like a good narrative i like cool scenes or interesting scenes but ultimately a good narrative and um doesn't seem like that's the poughkeepsie tapes um let me know if i'm wrong um what's king of huacamundo says saw was very good horror in a freak show type of way like rob zombie films but with the less crap of no storytelling that rob zombie misses that's very good point king very good point that also brings me on to Megan is Missing. Again, this is a film. It came out. It had a bit of shock value. It's had some more notoriety the last few years. I believe TikTokers have been utilising elements of the film. I think the director was trying to actually tell a story with this in regards to the dangers of online anonymity and chat rooms um, and the underbelly of things. Um, but again, it just it seems like shock value um doesn't really interest me um in this it's a girl goes missing her friends looking into it she's chatting to this guy last video of her seen being kind of grabbed by a guy by the wrist you find out really horrible things have happened to her and really horrible things happen to the friend that's looking for her and you know it doesn't end well for either of them and for me it's like not even a nihilistic ending this is just oh look his horrible things happening to young girls no interest in that that's bit sadistic for my liking again if you've seen um our baby ice in the chat says megan was a effed up movie um did you enjoy uh megan is missing baby ice i know you said it's effed up but would you recommend it for me it doesn't sound like something i would ever want to watch um and has anyone seen the poughkeepsie tapes if so did you enjoy it again my views of not liking something or not liking what something sounds like doesn't necessarily mean i'm not open to people saying I enjoyed this. I liked this. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, not not for me. Not for me. So they're things like they're, they're films with a bit of notoriety in the found footage genre, but 
Uh, a baby I says no, I don't know about recommendation. No, it does it doesn't sound that interesting. It's one of those films that sounds more exploitative uh, and less narrative structure. Uh, King says Baby Ice is a trippy movie. Um, King, do you recommend Megan is Missing? Did you enjoy it? Again, there's no judgment here. I've not seen the film, but um, doesn't seem like my bag, baby. Now, next up is a discovery that I had. We are talking about earlier on my Twitch uh, watch parties. So again, check out the Discord. Check out Twitter, uh, ministry underscore horror. On the Discord, it's ministry dash of dash horror on the MOS network. I used to, on Twitch, every Friday do these horror watch parties through Prime on Twitch where I would basically, you'd link up your account, I'd hit play on a film, and you could then watch the film with me. You know, I'll be drinking, honking on my vape, uh, eating popcorn. Um, oh, damn it, we're getting attacked again by... Uh, I can't be asked to keep deleting that. I don't Just no one click on whatever it is. Um, Keith O'Toole, what's the Poughkeepsie Tapes about? So basically, before we move on to the next one, Poughkeepsie Tapes is uh, it's a pseudo-documentary um, of a, a huge collection of these tapes are found that are a serial killer's snuff films. So it's going through those tapes, seeing this deranged killer uh, mutilate and kill women, essentially. Um, it had a troubled release history. It was originally going to be theatrical release, but they removed it from the shed from the schedule. It had a brief video on demand release, but remained unavailable on home media until October 2017, when Scream Factory via Orion Pictures uh, released it. But apparently, it's quite a disturbing film. It's it's basically snuff. Well, it's not real snuff, but it's in the snuff film, pseudo snuff film subgenre, utilizing found footage. Um, whether that's of interest to you, you know, I'm not going to say don't watch it because I've not seen it. Um, I will say, does anyone want to be a mod uh, who can just delete these chat pop-ups? Um, Fran, if you want to be a mod because I know you're OG or um, Necro Eric, let me know and I will see if I can make you a mod. Uh, but we're now going to move on to a discovery talking about the Twitch watch parties. that um, the, the horror selection on amazon prime really fluctuates between a good selection at times and fucking awful or what appears to be awful you know and i saw one where the artwork interested me and i only watched it because of the artwork initially and that is cold ground it's a more recent film i think it's 2017 but you can see from the artwork it's got that really old school aesthetic um really old school aesthetic um right okay Cool. I think I've now made you a moderator, Fran. Thank you very much for that. Um, <laughs> Jack, you can not this bot again, for God's sake. Yeah, well, I mean, the views are cool. Um, I don't really want bot uh, subscriptions on the channel. We're going for that thousand uh, subscribers, but I don't want that populating the stream. People don't want to read that. Um, Keith O'Toole, I have to say goodbye now, but I'm going to be back for Sunday's Ministry of Slam. Thank you very much for watching Keith O'Toole. We also have podcast releases. If you like old school wrestling, there's the Turner Years, which is now available on YouTube. It's also available on podcast streams. It's an audio uh, an audio show looking at the uh, the old era. But we'll, we'll, I'll do plugs at the end of the show. But yeah, thank you for coming along, Keith O'Toole. Um, very much, very much uh, welcome um baby ice i just noticed something tells me we're going to have different views on a certain found footage film <coughs> blair witch <laughs> we may well do baby ice but you know different views are great they they generate discussion um and you probably know what's coming up a bit later then but cold ground um i couldn't find a wikipedia entry for this 
which is a damn shame. So I've had to go to IMDb, which is not so great for uh, information. But to give you a brief overview, because you may not have heard of this film. Um, <clears throat> 1976, two young journalists leave for the French-Swiss border to investigate a strange case of cattle mutilations and record testimonies for a TV channel. Yet, once they get there, the scientific team they were supposed to meet has gone missing. Escorted by a first aider, a British biologist, and an American forensic investigator, Melissa and David will go looking for the missing team deep into the mountains. The tagline, the lucky ones freeze to death. Um, Yeah, re I really enjoyed this. Um, It's a good, short, found footage kind of mystery sci-fi horror. The artwork is awesome, as you can see. I really like that. You get a little hint of what the the villains of the film are in the background. Um, it, it was quite surprising. It does this annoying thing where it's interspersing languages, which always throws me off. You've got moments where, oh, this is a French film with subtitles. Okay, cool. Oh, now they're all talking English. Okay, now there's discussions in French again. Are we are we French or English or or Dutch speaks whatever it is like? It's throwing me off. Am I reading subtitles or am I listening? Um, but this is good. It's it's typical found footage in terms of the people filming. This is uh, David and uh, and Melissa. This is what they. This is what was found. This is what was left of them. Um, and you've got some cool effects at moments um, in terms of, you know, body horror, some cool attacks. Um, you don't see too much of the creatures, which I think is good. The budget, I don't think this had a big budget. I can't see budget details on IMDb. But it's, yeah, it, this this is your traditional found footage. This is what was left after they've gone on to this fabled expedition that was uh, just going to end in tragedy it's potentially still available on prime um i'd recommend adding it to your watch list if you've not seen it it's definitely worth a watch um let's just have a look at the chat so duh, 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 toodles keith baby i says jack Hugan, um mos network well youtube say they try the best to stop that bot and i don't know why this is happening in 2022 in 2021 doesn't appear this bot and why it appeared today uh to be honest jack i've noticed it a couple of times there's the odd moment on uh, the ministry of slam on sundays where we get bot um bot messages appear not too frequently um but on a few of the horror shows maybe the bots like horror um I don't want bots coming in. I want genuine uh, genuine uh, viewers and horror fans. But uh, yeah, um, King of Wickermundo says it's okay if you don't expect any cheap digital effects. It has the classic horror spoofs. Um, King, is that in regards to Cold Ground or, or a previous, uh, previous film? Um, but if you haven't seen Cold Ground, or if you have seen it, let me know. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a decent little um, under-the-radar found footage film. This leads us on to our final two, and two of my favorites the first one i remember seeing i heard some bits and bobs of it the, this is a year or so after the the blair witch project i think it came out slightly before blair witch or maybe the same sort of time so again kind of flew under the radar due to it not having the the huge hype that the blair witch project had but i thought this was excellent i haven't seen it for a while so it might not be as good as i remember um but i know that there is a new blu-ray release coming out soon so i'm going to hold fire on renting it and spending extra money and just pick up the blu-ray uh the blu-ray reissue and that is the last broadcast um let me know in the chat if you have seen the last broadcast or if you've heard of it but this is again it says it's using the mockumentary format it's a mixture of found footage being used in a documentary 
to look into the case. So as opposed to going found footage, last known footage of people, and just playing it supposedly unedited, you know, that kind of technique. This is saying, here is the found footage of these people that went in search of the Jersey Devil in the Jersey, New Jersey Pine Barrens, and we're looking into that case and what trying to find out what really happened to them, which I think is great. You're getting a... Um, you're getting a look into what's meant to be, you know, real found footage in in the format of a documentary, but it's a faux documentary. Again, I don't like using the term mockumentary because that that to me has comedy connotations. Um, let's just have a quick look in the chat. Uh, Fran the Cannon. Anyone? Um, only one I've not got around to watching is the Dial Tov Pass Instant. Me neither, Fran. I have had that on my list to watch for ages, but just never got around to it. Uh, King, Ghost from Mars, I always wanted a sequel to be made to explain more of the aliens of the past and what happened. I didn't get around to watching Ghost of Mars till much later. I think I'd started it, saw the crap effects, which reminded me of um, um, Escape from LA, like the surfing scene, and so I thought, oh, God, I can't be arsed with this. I watched it I watched it a few years ago for the first time, and it's like, you know, this is Carpenter. It's a lot of fun. It's more kind of similar to, I suppose, Vampires. Some people don't like vampires. I, I love vampires. It's schlocky, campy, almost kind of B-movie, but it's got that Carpenter touch. It's got his tone. It's got his music. Um, so, yeah, I'd have been interested in, uh, interested in the sequel to Ghost of Mars. Uh, thank you, Fran, for uh, you doing the Lord's work. Um, the Gruff, there's a good episode of X-Files regarding the Jersey Devil. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Um... Uh, yeah, this. If you've not seen the last broadcast, it's essentially a documentary looking into um, this this expedition that have gone out looking for the the Jersey Devil. But it has a twist. Our, our spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it, pause the uh, audio for you know ten seconds in three, two, one. Spoilers. Um, the documentary maker David Lee is also he he is the killer. He has killed these people. He then also kills the editor and buries the body or hides the body in the woods it's a great twist it's a great twist um thumbs up we're no longer talking spoilers but this is that mixture of faux documentary with found footage that has such a cool little twist in it and the footage as well is great again you're never going to think in this modern age oh maybe that is that actually real could that actually be real but they do it in a really well well constructed convincing format to give you that feel of is this, you know, this this looks like convincing footage from this expedition. What actually happened? You hear these screams. Um, so it was made on a budget of $900. Estimated $900. Uh, domestically made $12,000 and internationally $4 million. Which again, I guess, gives you um, the kind of the view of the European audience uh, is more, I guess, tolerant of different types of horror. I'm not, not saying anything disparaging about the mainstream US audience, but you do find with some of these more obscure horror films where they find their niche in Europe uh, quicker or, you know, uh, to more more money than uh, than in the uh, the home county, the US. Um, I believe this is a US film. Uh, yes, American horror film. So I would highly recommend this. Um, again, I've not seen it for quite a long time, but I just love that you have this fake documentary format that then takes a twist in the final section of the film, uh, really puts the whole film on its head. Um... Let's now move on to the last one, which I know you're probably all expecting. There's going to be plenty of films. Why do we keep getting bot attacked? Um, this is crazy. Um, 
we're going to go into the last film. There's quite a few films I will have missed, like Paranormal Activity, uh, the taking of Deborah Logan, and Apartment 143. The, the, way too the, the Last Exorcism I really enjoyed. Um, you know, the, the kind of the higher budget found footage type films. Um, but the last one we're going to end on discussing is The Blair Witch Project. Of course it is. Of course it is. Now, I know, um, I know I see um but, 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 but baby ice uh, said we may very well have different opinions i'm very interested baby ice to hear your opinion but um this is the one that really captured a lot of attention for the found footage genre i'm not going to say it's the you know it's one of the biggest independent films made on a budget of 200 between 200 and 500 thousand dollars and box office was 248.6 million dollars very very profitable um but this is a film, when it came out, I mentioned before on, on the channel that it utilised brilliantly the internet, uh, the early internet, to create the this kind of buzz that, is this real? And it fooled a lot of people into thinking, this is actually, a, this is a documentary, not a film. This is a documentary using, because it, it, the difference between found footage, um, OGs, I suppose you could say like this, and the bigger budget found footage films, is these the films like The Below Witch Project and um, the, the Last Broadcast utilise unknown actors. If you make a found footage film but it's got name actors in it, like As Above, So Below, you've got some, some actors in there who are notable from other appearances prior to that film, you're more inclined, potentially, depending on, you know, how if you're more of a a layman should we say in terms of horror you don't look into things you don't look up things on the internet you're more inclined to potentially think oh crap is this real what is this especially if you're catching it on tv um so they they it, this came out at a time where they utilized faux documentary again around the release to kind of go talking to the people of burkittsville using the internet to kind of promote the film but promoting it as a documentary um it's a film that when I first saw as a kid, it was only really the ending that got me. The whole running through the house before finding Josh, I believe, in the corner, which get, went back to the original story about uh, Rustin Parr. On later rewatches, I just, I absolutely love the film. It, I think it brilliantly builds up a sense of paranoia, of dread. There's so many different theories you can relate to it as to were they killed by the witch? Were they killed by um, a ghost version of Rustin Parr because of the way that um, it's you're led to believe uh, Heather dies? Um, was it an elaborate plan by the boys to kill Heather, you know, lead her out into the woods? Who knows? You can infer a lot of different things, a lot of different theories, and uh, really any of them could be, could be real. Um, it's had an expanded universe with video games, but from my knowledge, a lot of those video games looked more at the past and events including you know to the Blair Witch Project focusing on Rustin Parr or the massacre on the stone thing I can't remember the name of that more more based on you know on the Blair Witch itself and there's the Blair Witch game which I haven't played but again that's utilizing the forest as a character um I just thought this was excellent I just thought the way that they built this up was 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 brilliant, and I really enjoyed the sequel, um, the second sequel. I don't really like the direction they went with uh, Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows, but I appreciate that the director is excellent. And there was a lot of studio interference, and the film that was released was very very different to what he wanted to release. 
That being said, I have to go on what has been released and what I have seen and what I have seen of Blair Witch 2. Didn't enjoy. But Blair Witch, which isn't that popular, the third film, which is again more of a direct sequel to the Blair Witch Project, I enjoyed. I enjoyed. that. Some people hate it. It got very mixed to negative reviews, but I thought it was good. Um, there's different things that people didn't like about the film, like the whole time is moving like the lights outside the house are representative of the the witch moving time and was that gangly thing that attacked them near the end the witch um because of the story about the witch being killed on a tree tied up quite high with like things weighing down her arms and legs who knows who knows but we're talking about the Blair Witch project um and again let's have a look at the chat see what people think of this so jack ugan Oh, this OG movie. This movie is a small budget kick ass on the box office. Uh, King um, of Huecamundo says Horror Express is a good one as well. I've not seen Horror Express. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if people have seen the TV series Creep Show, I'm sure that there was a Justin Long episode and the film within the episode was Horror Express. I think, was that Vincent Price and Something's on Board a Train? It was a good episode of Creepshow, which Creepshow had very hit and miss episodes. Uh, the Gruff. I loved this film when I first saw it at the cinema when I was younger. Even my friend who wasn't into horrors watched it. It was a massive deal at the time. Baby Ice. Okay, here goes nothing. Oh, I love the input. Um, Blair Witch was overrated. Uh, lol. Wasn't scary to me. Okay storyline, but meh. And the kicker was I went on a date to this film. $30 I can never get back. Now this is the... <laughs> Firstly... I get that when you've gone on a date and being a gentleman, you're paying for the date. If the film turns out to suck or it doesn't, it doesn't elicit any sort of romance, then you kind of think, God damn, I've been a bit cheated here out of my money. Um, so I, I appreciate that baby ice for me. I'd seen the film. Um, I introduced an ex-girlfriend to it on a date, but it was a date at home with the Blu-ray and she was terrified by it. And I'd already seen it and enjoyed the film. So success in that regard um but i yeah I, I get your feeling i've seen some i remember i went on a date i think i mentioned it um a couple of weeks ago i won't i won't get like into too much detail but i went on a date um to see hereditary the ariaster film uh, that came before midsummer it's good you know i, I love the film but we're watching it and the whole you know the old move um and then the the scene happened when they're speeding home and they go past the telephone pole and a character, it doesn't go well. And it's quite a shocking scene. And what happens after the scene, you're just in shock for like a good five minutes. God damn, was that a mood killer? <laughs> so I, I maybe don't see horror films on a date. I guess it depends on if you know what you're getting into with the film. Um, Fran the Cannon. This was uh, definite. This was the definitive, definitive viral marketed film using the internet really well. Jack Ugan says a director says you don't need big budget to make a great movie with great actors. Uh, Ned Kroerich. I didn't like it till the fifth watch, but I guess that's how some films grow on you. Kind of, kind of similar Necro to what I was kind of saying earlier. Where when I first saw it, it was only the ending that really got me, but repeat viewings have increased my fondness for the film. Kind of similar to The Exorcist. First time I saw The Exorcist, I thought, oh, what's, what's all the fuss about? Banned film in the UK. This is crap. It's got rubbish effects. It's one of my favourites. Ultimate battle between good and evil. I think it's an incredible story. I think it's an incredible film. But it took rewatches for me to get into it. So, um, yeah, Necro, 100% agree with you there. Uh, Fran, I enjoy the story, but the shaky cam grates on me after a while. 
Uh, yeah, with my ex when she watched it, she did get motion sickness a few times, kind of thinking that oh, I need to look away from the screen for a, for a minute. That is the downfall with found footage films. Um, I don't get motion sickness with found footage films, but I will say whenever I've tried to play a game that has parkour in it, like Dying Light, within 15, 20 minutes, I'm like, I, I literally, I, I genuinely feel quite ill. So I do get, I, I get where that grace on you, Fran. Um, the Gruff, I really like the last film too. Yep, we're agreed there. Uh, Jack Egan, the movie Horror Express from 1972 was the best, and when I watched it a few years ago, it was really scary for me a lot. If Horror Express is on streaming, let's add it to the watch party list. Um, Ilias, we're already on 929 subscribers. Thank you for bringing the good news, Ilias. That is awesome. Thank you, everyone who's subscribed. 71 subs away from hitting that 1,000. That is so cool. Um, King Fuckamundo, very close to 1K. Congrats. Thanks you know, to you guys, uh, people hitting the subscribe button. Baby Ice, Hereditary is a slow burn, starts meh, but then ramps up big time. I like that one. Uh, Fran the Can, I don't get motion sickness. I just like to see what's going on. Uh, King Fuckamundo, Diamond Phillips had a very good horror movie in the 80s. Do you know what, King? I watched a film with Lou Diamond Phillips in it not too long ago called Route 666. There's some bad acting in it from some of the other actors. Lou Diamond Phillips is great in it. It's a great B-movie. If you've not seen Route 666, I don't think it was the 80s. It was 92 or 96. So it might be a different film to what you're thinking of, King. Um, the Gruff. What did you think of Cloverfield, Tez? I liked Cloverfield. The sequels or the varying parts connecting to it. I like to a degree. I would have liked to see what kind of happened after it properly. I mean, you kind of get that with 10 Cloverfield Lane, but it's more like it's tacked on that it's part of the universe. I enjoyed Cloverfield. My only kind of gripe with it, and I guess that is a found footage film as well, of course, is um, this this thing that happens in films from the last 10, 20 years or so. Alien films, where the alien or the supernatural creature, or more often the alien, is some grey, nondescript thing. Like I get we can't always have the insane design of the xenomorph from Aliens, but why does every alien have to be very grey and basically nondescript? So many recent films that have had aliens in them, they just look plain as fuck. Make it interesting. Um, the Gruff, I, yeah, I was disappointed they didn't follow it up directly. Um, Jack Hugan, did someone say movie Route 666? I watched that movie too, yes. Yes, let me know what you think of that. Now, we've we kind of finished with our chat into uh, found footage films, or some of my favourites, some of the films that I just kind of wanted to, to discuss due to their levels of notoriety. Um, but let me know, you know, on the Discord, on uh, Twitter, at Ministry underscore Horror, found footage films that you've enjoyed, anything that I may have missed. Um, <laughs> my name is uh, is Earl, because they're called the Greys. Yeah, but if you're going to have the Greys, then just have the Greys that are five foot tall, big heads with big oval black eyes. When you're having different alien designs where they're more... Um, Anthrom, I don't know. Walk on, walk on four legs, whatever. And and for more, I can't think of the word. Um, then have them like, then just be more interesting with the design. If you're going to have the greys, then have typical alien greys. But if you're going to try and do something different, do something different. Um, uh, what else have we got going on the chat? Uh, Baby Ice, Lou Diamond in the First Power. Heard the First Power, never seen it. Jack Hugan, Dr. Caligari from 1920. Yep, Nosferatu from 22. Jack Dracula from 31. The Mummy from 32. Let's see who watched these classic movies. Yep, I love those. I've got Nosferatu on Blu-ray, Caligari on DVD, because you can get it for very cheap. Uh, Dracula and the Mummy I've got in the Blu-ray um, Universal Monsters 
collection. I think it's five or six films. Really good. You can get it for like eighteen pounds. Really good classic films. Never seen Willow Creek, but I've heard of it. Baby Ice. Oh, VHS. Oh my god. How could I not talk about VHS? So we'll just. I haven't got a picture for it. Kind of similar to uh, Banshee Chapter, but yeah, specifically VHS one. If you haven't seen VHS, it's incredible. It's again. It's in the found footage story. But I guess in this regard, there's two levels of found footage. We have these kind of burglars who are just kind of nasty characters. They're recording their movements. And we're seeing their found footage, but interspersed in their found footage, they've broken into a house, which is some dodgy goings on there. And there's all these VHS, all these you know static TVs and VHS players and these VHS and VHS tapes, and on the tapes are these varying stories. There's the one of the I can't remember the names of all the different ones, but there's the one with the siren in it who falls, who's she falls in love with this guy who's got video camera glasses. That's incredible. The ghost story one that is incredible. VHS two isn't quite as good I thought, but it had some really good stories in it. Um, I haven't seen VHS viral, but I've heard that's awful. I in, quite enjoyed VHS ninety four, the more recent one. Um. But The Gruff, never seen any of the VHS films. I would definitely recommend watch VHS 1. Because there's some really good, really good dark stories in there. Especially the Siren story. You've got these jock characters going out trying to pick up girls. But they're jocks. Chads, I suppose you could say these days. Things get a little bit rapey from one or two of the chads out of the three. The third one isn't quite so on board with it. But they pick up the wrong girl. Um, a girl who is essentially a siren. Um, I'll kind of leave it there, but that is a creepy, creepy short. Um, I haven't seen, uh, Fran Cannon in the chat says, I haven't seen the last horror movie, um, but count that as found footage. Uh, Baby Ice, all of them had a few decent VHS stories in each movie. Uh, that's the great thing with an anthology. Um, you're, you're always going to get something you enjoy. Not every story is going to be for you, but when there's a bad story, you're probably going to get a good one coming up soon. So talking about anthologies, and this would help if I had a DVD to hand, but typically I haven't thought ahead of this. Um, you can pick up from vipcovaults.com. Um, you can pick up from the store the Vipco Vaults of Terror, uh, Volume 1. It's an anthology short. I'm in it. I edited it. I didn't even make the film. It was signed up before me and some pals bought Vipco. Um, but we had these found, we had these short stories and we had to kind of wrap it around. So I wrote a little treatment for a story, which me, uh, Abby Wareham, who's a great actress, um, she's stunning. And uh, Peter Goddard uh, directed from my script. It's, check it out, vipcovaults.com. I know uh, we've had some sales from people watching the show, which is awesome, which is awesome. Always appreciate that. Always appreciate people following all that good stuff. There's, we're trying to build a community on there as well, but this is the main community. MOH, Ministry of Slam, MOS Network, all that stuff. So I have talked myself horse about VA, uh, found footage films. Let's talk about what is coming up next week. Um, if you're still in the chat, shout out Necro Eric. Because Necro Eric, an MOS alumni, he's always on the Ministry of Slam talking about all the various things going on in the world of wrestling. He is coming on the show. And um, we are going to be talking about Hellraiser, the franchise, all of the films. I haven't seen quite a few of the films. I've only recently seen the sixth one. I didn't like it. <laughs> I only really like the second one and the first one. But we're going to be talking about all 
of the Hellraiser films. I'm hyped. I know he's a big fan of the Hellraiser films. I'm really interested to see what he likes about each film, how he rates them, and we're going to be... I don't think we're going to do it as a tier list. I think we'll just go through each of the films, but we maybe we rate them as we go. Maybe. Maybe. I think it's going to be interesting. Either way, either way, it's going to be a good show. So that's next week on the MOS Network. YouTube, also on podcast feeds. Uh, we're going to also have the latest news. I'm going to have some reviews and a retro full moon horror film review. Also today on the MOS Network uh, podcast feeds, but now also on the MOS Network as a uh, the audio is the Turner years. The Turner years is a Bericles's show along with his co-host Dave, where they look at the change from uh, Jim Crockett promotions to, oh, I'm so bad at memory. My memory's awful. Jim Crockett promotions into WCW bi-weekly. Uh, it's a great show. Bericles and Dave are really knowledgeable and it's an area of wrestling. that I don't know a lot about, which is quite a lot of areas of wrestling. Let's be honest. Um, and then, of course, Sunday will be the Ministry of Slam with uh, Lawrence, and um, and I'll be on the show. It's 7 p.m. on the MOS Network. Also, following down all podcast feeds. Be sure to like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Um, we'll do gaming in the week. I know Lawrence is going to do some gaming this week. I'll try and do some gaming. And I'll also let you guys know when we're going to do a watch party. We've got a few films now that we're going to watch. God, I really need a pee. Um <laughs> Oh, stop jerking. Cheaper than tea. <laughs> we're getting spammed again just as we're coming to an end. But uh, yeah, that is it for today's show. I appreciate y'all. And y'all sounds very American for a very um, south coast of England boy, <laughs> man. <laughs> but no, really good stuff. Really good stuff. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And uh, yeah, we'll see you around. <laughs>